Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. It's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vine, the boogie woogie man. This is Coach Pride with Virginia Tech football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. Mac, when you talk about drugs, lots and lots of drugs, that's when you write a song and you call it Tusk. Although the video is worth it because you go back and you see them uh, recording this in Dodger Stadium and Stevie Nicks is running through there in a sundress with a baton like she's in a band. Good morning, it's Thursday here on the program. Baker Team Hotline 639-4900, text line 744-2990. Of course, this was a Lindsey Buckingham song. And, uh, Lots of drugs. Andy Bitter joins us at uh, 7.35. We'll get into uh, Virginia Tech extending all of their football assistance. Raises to all 10 assistants. So they're all in with the staff and everything else. We'll get his take on that. Why it was important. What it means. Other things going on in the world of college <laughs> athletics. 
Alex Square will be in studio with us, the head baseball coach at Radford University. The college baseball season starts a week from tomorrow. How about that? I guess pitchers and catchers report next week, Major League Baseball. And then Dwight Vick to finish up the week. You can always send me a message on Messenger as well. Text line 744-2990. Whatever might be on your mind. And I am going to save the bulk of this conversation for when Andy joins us, but uh, Virginia Tech did extend and give raises to its entire coaching staff. It's crazy, isn't it? Because there were so many people that were questioning what was going on with this staff, who was going to be uh, potentially removed from the staff if it didn't work out. Tech will be paying their assistants $5.3 million combined salaries for a $245,000 increase. There you go. And we'll talk to Andy about that. So all the continuity continues in Blacksburg with personnel, portal, which they're not done yet. And now the coaching staff can uh, be all in. It adds a little bit more pressure, but I don't think anybody on this staff is going to mind that. I think they feel like year three is when the pressure needs to be absorbed. And um, Tech's going to get a lot more love as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. I'll be very curious to find out just how high our good friend Phil Steele is going to be on Virginia Tech football. I got a feeling it's going to be pretty major coming up when we have him on a little closer to the start of the season in the summer. It's kind of it's kind of silly now, you know. It's kind of like I'm going to re- go back to the Roth report yesterday. A couple things Bill talked about. One was it's just like bracketology, you know, and this is just so typical of ESPN and what they do. They put out bracketology after the first week of the college basketball season. They update it several times per week. Headline it like, oh, you have to watch. And I guess people are going to it, but it is very silly to do it now, to do it then. You shouldn't really do it until maybe leading up to the tournaments. That's when it kind of pays attention to the actual what's going on in college basketball. And look, Lenardi, power to him, man. He's made a living out of it. No, Lord knows he's made a complete living out of just being Mr. Bracketologist. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's kind of like Mel Kuyper and what he nished out for himself as a, a draft guru. Right? Good for them. Very good for them. All right, let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Gary. How you doing? Hey, Gary. How are you doing, man? Good. I know what you're hoping, but do you think Chip Kelly's the leading candidate for the OC at Seattle? Um, <laughs> I'm hoping. Yes, I hope. <laughs> and I hope he takes everything in his office with him. Um, I don't know. He was rumored to be um, Washington's new OC. That kind of went away, and now he's popped up for that job. I don't know. That means his age. It means he's looking. That means he understands that. I mean, I don't understand why it was brought back to begin with. It was kind of strange, and it feels like when you're out there and you're being mentioned with these jobs, that means your agent's working really hard for you. So he doesn't have the support, what little support UCLA has from a proper athletic standpoint because it's just all about everything else. But he doesn't have any support from football people out there. Troy Aikman wants him gone. I mean, when you have things like that, I think the writing's on the wall for him, and I think he knows they're not going to be very good year one into the Big Ten, and I don't think he wants to take that program into the Big Ten. All right. 
Well, I'm hoping it's Ryan Grubb just to screw Kalen DeBoer, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if that's going to happen or not. I don't think you want Chip Kelly in an NFL position because you know his offense has not changed much. And last time he was a head coach, he was also the OC, and he uh, got figured out pretty quickly that last year that ran him out of the league. So I don't know if that would be a good marriage or not, but we'll see. Uh, you are playing Tusk. Have you ever heard anybody from Fleetwood Mac or anything say what the word, what the heck Tusk was about? <laughs> you know, I haven't. I need I need to look that up. I mean, it had to be it had to be drug induced, right? I mean, there's. I mean, come on, it, it had to be. Everybody says they wrote the best songs when they were on drugs. Well, I don't know. That's but, true. Uh, that's true. You know, the the America song, "A Horse with No Name." Uh, I've never understood what necessarily that song was about i just heard that they were like on uh, acid when they wrote it so i guess that says a lot all right i just looked it up you ready for this uh, it, it, it okay. came, uh, here we go uh in mick <laughs> in mick fleetwood's autobiography uh he took up a lot of time because he was asked directly about the album tusk and the song of the same name that's right they even named the album tusk Tusk was, and this is a quote, and I'm quoting it, and I'm using proper terminology, so I don't want a bunch of people calling the FCC. Tusk was an inside joke between the band members, particularly between Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Tusk was, in fact, a reference to Lindsey's penis, end quote. <laughs> I can say that, right? It's a it's a physical medical term. Okay, good. Making well, sure we're clear. Well, from what I've heard, she's seen a lot of penises, so I, I, I don't know. Man, this thing is she gave nicknames to all of them. How would she keep track? I, I know. I know. She, she's been with many. She, she was she was a good looking woman, but yeah, I, I really tell you was. what, she got around. She really was, especially in that video, by the way, the Tusk video. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, thanks, Rick. Uh, thanks, Gary. Uh, that's a good way to start the day. Yeah, like you know, you have a a little black dating book, right? The little black book with all the phone numbers in it. Stevie had one just for nicknames of the. Uh, of the male form we'll put it that way hey how you doing jimmy hang on hang on just a second you are nicknamed number 37 (laughs) yep there you go tusk we now have the meeting from mick fleetwood himself it was her moniker for Lindsay's. uh you know Tusk. I mean, you you could have worse names. <laughs> I mean, there could be worse names. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want the song to be called Microchip. Right? Uh, I better I better stop. I'll, I'll get in trouble. I mean, I, I'll get in trouble. I'll, I'll continue to take this too far. And then I'll get in trouble, so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. We, we got a little educational journey there. I mean, I'll, look, peeps, you ask me a question, I do the best I can to come up with a, a truthful answer, and I, Gary asked, so we got the, the right answer. <laughs> wow. Hey, do you have Super Bowl fever yet?
Uh, Era, you get excited? No, didn't think so. Me too, neither. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be getting back really late Saturday night from Clinton, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, don't ask. There's nothing. Here's what's in Clinton, South Carolina, all right? And I'm not making light of the town, nice people. And actually, the Presbyterian campus is really nice. They have a really nice football facility. The gym is very outdated. It's, it's a lot like a high school gym. But the community itself is fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't want anybody to think I'm judging the community. It's a very small community. It's fine. But there's not much there. And, you know, the fats, fast food chain, well, that's not really fast food. It was kind of a restaurant chain. Let me take that back. It wasn't fast food. It was a restaurant chain. It shut down, what, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, something like that. So we used to stay at a hotel, a Hampton Inn right there, very close to the, uh, the gym and the school. And right at the end of the parking lot of the hotel was the Fats. It was very convenient. And the Fats, we were told, was... Really, the only restaurant, this is how small the town is, of its kind there in Clinton. So, in other words, if you wanted to go and eat somewhere, you basically just always have to leave town. So, this is a double-header weekend for Radford, the women and the men. The women got the same hotel. The men were staying further ways away, like near Spartanburg. I mean, this is it's going to be a little bit of a... A little bit of a jaunt to get from the hotel to the arena. But now, because the women are staying in that same hotel, and I'm not sure if they didn't remember that Fats closed down, nothing else has moved into that building. They now have to go a half hour to 40 minutes out of Clinton just to get food for the team. So the bus will have to leave and go... Get the food. It's going to be like an hour-round trip just to get food and bring it back this entire trip to Clinton. Ah, life on the road. Now, the men have basically the same travel issue, except theirs doesn't involve food. Where we're staying, there's plenty of food options, but you have to drive about half an hour to get to the arena, so round trip, yeah, there you go. So that'll be my weekend in Clinton. By the way, Presbyterian beat uh, Gardner-Webb last night, who had won six in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And High Point lost their first game. They got beat by UNC Asheville last night, the defending champs. Duke and the ACC crushed Notre Dame. I'll tell you what, Tech fan, I mean, there's really no chance you're going to lose to Notre Dame, right? If you lose to Notre Dame on Saturday, you don't deserve to even bounce a basketball the rest of the year. Notre Dame is really bad. They're 2-10, 7-16. They're on a huge losing streak. Syracuse, 94-92 over Louisville. Another winnable game for Tech. Bill was talking about yesterday. And Pitt goes into NC State and gets a huge win for them and their NCAA chances. They beat the Wolfpack 67-64. Packer slipping here as we get closer and closer to tournament time. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Hope you're doing well wherever you might be here on this uh, 
Thursday. A lot going on. Andy Bitter and uh, Alex Square in studio. Radford Baseball and then Dwight Vick. Big game tonight for the Tech women. We'll talk about that. And however you want to take the uh, conversation. I think we've already proved that with the definition of what Tusk meant. Writes in on the text line. It's 744-2990. No, I didn't turn on my radio expecting to hear about Lindsey Buckingham's nether regions, but I'm glad I did. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you never know what you're going <sighs> to. Kind of like spring. Spring is funny. My friend John made a poem. He got up in front of the class, and it was this simple. Spring is funny, sometimes sunny, sometimes snowy. You never really know. And then he walked off the, uh, the stage. <sighs> Any event, when you look at the lyrics, you now kind of figure it out, right? Why don't you ask him if he's going to stay? Why don't you ask him if he's going away? <laughs> We're metaphorically speaking here, people. Why don't you tell me what's going on? Why don't you tell me who's on the phone? Why don't you ask him what's going on? Why don't you ask him who's the latest on his throne? Okay. All right. All right. Um, (laughs) That's distracted me the rest of the morning. Virginia Tech, on the women's side of things, as Bill Roth was talking about, yesterday um biggest game to date so far on the acc women's side of things number three versus 16 are you know a big game they tech had a higher ranking when they played nc state the first time that is uh eight o'clock tonight on the acc network tech nine and two nc state eight and two and we'll see how all that plays out wolfpack since the game back uh, against Virginia Tech, they lost by one on what became the controversial play underneath. Uh, I know there was some internet chatter about the moving screen Georgia Amor set on that play. They've won since then, six out of seven. They did lose at Miami by 14. Wow. But they have beaten Duke. Same team that beat Tech. They won at Clemson big, at BC big. They beat their rival Carolina by four. And their biggest win to date was uh, their last game against number 15 Louisville. So from the Tech perspective, we know how big this game is. But from the NC State perspective, they've got number 15 and 16 back-to-back on their schedule. And this would be huge for them. They're trying to parlay this into potentially a number one seed, right? So that's why this is so big for them and Tech trying to improve its seeding, which right now is sitting at around a four. And obviously the regular season championship comes into play as well. All right. Halfway home here in hour number one. We'd love to hear from you wherever you might be. I think the weather's basically a repeat of um, the last couple days, right? 
mid-50s today. Chilly when you wake up. 60 potentially on Saturday when I'm down in Clinton, South Carolina. We'll be back. Stay with us here on a Thursday. She keeps them always in a pretty cabinet. She says, just like Marie Antoinette, building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And it's time an invitation you can't take. Caviar and cigarettes, well versed in etiquette, extraordinarily nice. She's a killer, queen, got body genetic, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind. Welcome back. Hope everybody is uh, doing okay. Wherever you might be. 639-4900 is the Baker Team hotline. Text line's open for you as well. That is uh, 744-2990. Andy Bitter joins us coming up at 7.35. We'll get more into the tech increasing of their football staff salaries. And anything that's on your mind. Here on this Thursday. Alex Square is going to be in studio. Radford baseball. The college baseball season gets underway a week from tomorrow. Man, oh man! I mean, it is it is here. Won't feel like spring for a while though, even though the baseballers and the softballers will be out there. It's going to be a little cold. My guy Kevin Myatt, who I trust more than anybody else, even though he's a uh, a snow cult member. <laughs> saying that we're going to be okay through Valentine's Day, and then there's going to be like a a month-long period of potential bad weather and very cold, windy weather. But he says once we get to March 15th, we're pretty much done with winter. So that's kind of good to know. So technically, technically, Puxatani Phil this year was his optimism about warmer weather was correct. Technically. So we'll talk uh, some baseball with Alex and get year two of uh, his tenure there in a better perspective. And then uh, Dwight Vick. We'll talk about the importance of the Virginia Tech uh, continued status quo. I think it's the best way to put it by uh, keeping their staff intact, adding on money, and keeping everybody in a happy work environment. Doesn't happen at many places anymore. So it's good to know. David writes in Rick, why in the world is the Virginia Tech NC State women's game not on an ESPN? Well, I don't know. I mean, as long as you get the ACC network, it's the same broadcast. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, I know what you're saying. You may not be able to get it. You would think this would be an ESPN like a two or something, don't you? I don't know. You know, it, who knows? Decisions that they make. I mean, you have the top two teams in the league. Well, NC State's got Louisville there, too, but they did beat Louisville, so technically they're ahead of them in the standings. But it is for first place in 
one of, if not the strongest women's basketball leagues. So, yeah. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know. I, I, I've quit trying to keep up with anything that ESPN does. I really do. I don't have any idea, you know, have no idea why they uh, make the decisions that they make. Well, I know why they make the decisions that they make. I just don't – you can't make any heads or tails of it. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly why. Because they're owned by Disney. So, there you go. But, yeah, you're right. This this feels like it deserves a little bit of a better – a little bit of a better uh, opportunity for a national stage. Unless they just don't want to take it away from their conference brand. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just guessing. All you can do is guess with some of these decisions. All right. Um. It's a big night in the league. Notre Dame number 12 against Louisville also. Um, Syracuse, who's fallen to 23, they're going to be taking on Georgia Tech. So it's a big night on the women's side of things in the ACC. Well, Pitt, you know, Pitt's put together some nice road wins. They got the win at Duke a couple weeks ago. They went at NC State last night on the men's side. I'm talking about the men's side now. Pitt might be playing themselves. If they finish strong here, I mean, they might be playing themselves back into a a tournament scenario. I mentioned, um, you know, something Bill talked about yesterday. It was interesting because I didn't get the reaction from Bill I thought I was going to get about this whole, you know, we talked about it yesterday and none of you thought it was a good idea, this new conglomerate agreement that you had between Warner and, ESPN and Fox with this app that's coming up that they haven't priced or named where they're going to put, you know, 15 networks and all this, trying to sell it and trying to paint it as, oh, what a great way for the consumer to have everything at their fingertips. Yeah, I know you have to pay $49.50, but it's okay. And I thought Bill would be more supportive of it, but what was the first word that he used? Weird. It's weird. And it is weird. And I can't believe that these three business, I mean, they're, I mean, they're adversaries, right? It's, it find, I find it hard to believe they're going to be able to go into business together and this whole thing just kind of be yay, hand in hand over the hill while the flowers are blooming in the early spring you know it just feels like there's going to be some pitfalls along the way so because these are three if you will networks communications industries that have kind of gone head to head and, and gone out of their way to hurt one another now they're joining in on this thing so he just called it weird and he wasn't nearly as, I guess you could say, um, confident in its success as I thought he would be, which tells me a lot because Bill's got a pretty good finger on the pulse of this thing. They're counting on people not being able to give up their sports, and I don't know if they're going to be given that choice or not. But 
again, the question that I put out there yesterday, and every one of you said, no, you're not going to worry about it, is if, what if you had to double pay? And, and that's what you're looking at here. Look, if this is a standalone app, and if they don't take it away from your basic carrier service that you're already paying, then so be it. If people want to consume it that way and they don't want to have a, uh, a hard line, either cable network or satellite network at home, then that's your choice and that'll be fine. But if they start forcing this thing like the NFL did with its playoff game, which it was roundly criticized for on Peacock, and then they say, by the way, with the new app, we're going to be removing these networks. Imagine them going ahead and just cutting ESPN off of your basic carrier package, all the ESPNs. Now, granted, the only reason anyone with any sanity needs ESPNs because it does have the rights to the games you want to watch, college football and basketball. I'm not going to throw the NBA in there because I don't know how many of you really sit there and get fist-pumped over the NBA here in 2024. It is not a good product. And that's why I went back and reread the release. And when they try to say that they're considered this whole new app, this new streaming service, and they talked about how the NBA was the impetus behind it, I'm thinking... That doesn't sound like a very stable premise in which to dive into this new new thing. Because this will be the first major streaming option that's been dedicated to college football and basketball. Yeah, there's been ESPN+, Plus, but I'm just talking about the major conferences and the major networks, like Fox, for instance. And they do state, and correctly so, that when you stack up the ratings against the NFL, of the four pro sports leagues, the NBA is second because baseball does not rate at all and the NHL rates even less in its broadcasts, the national broadcasts. So to say you're the best of the rest when the rest is not very good is, you know, a little bit of a misleading (laughs) Statistic, But nonetheless, it is factual. But the ratings for the NBA are way down. They just came through, you know, that big Christmas day, was it a quadruple header or whatever, had the lowest ratings ever from beginning to end. So I don't know how many folks are going to sit here and fist pump and think, yeah, thank God. Now I can watch the NBA much more easily than I can now. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that they're going to put a lot into it, and we'll see what the numbers are. I'll be curious to see how many of you chime in here about whether or not you bought the new app. I really do. I'll be very curious to see how that goes and see what all you guys and gals think about it. I think that'll be very, very interesting. Very interesting.
Yeah, Wayne, you're late. You got to get up when the show starts, man. Wayne's sending me the tech contract extension <laughs> information, and we're going to highlight it even more when Andy Bitter joins us at 735. <laughs> you know, if you don't get up and you're not here at 605, don't start assuming that something hasn't been talked about, because it has. <laughs> I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. <laughs> Wasn't back there like Bugs Bunny eating carrots, and then I just, uh, oh, turn up, reached for it, and fell off the truck. Yeah, got that. Covered it. You missed it. (laughs) Appreciate it, but yeah, yeah. Kind of the lead story. And we'll get into that with both Andy and uh, Dwight about the continuity and why it's important. And uh, it just goes to show you now that Tech is all in with this staff. Crazy the way things change, huh? Didn't know about Tyler Bowen when they were 1-3. and three. Chris Marr wasn't looking very good. Where What kind of changes may be made? Would they have to go ahead and get a new consider moving coaches out now they all get extensions paying nearly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars combined money to the uh, football coaching staff so when you couple that in and you throw that in with the roster retention you know bill was talking yesterday about tech being a fashionable pick for fourth or fifth in the league? I think they're going to be a little higher than that. a matter of fact, I can see a world where Virginia Tech is only going to be picked behind Florida State and Clemson next year. All right? Is that is that too far-fetched? Maybe Louisville... They have a whole new quarterback situation, as does Florida State. I mean, I don't see anybody else. Notre Dame doesn't get involved in the uh, pre-conference because they're not a full-time member. BC is still trying to find a coach to replace Jeff Halfley. Virginia's going to be bad. Pitt's not going to be any good. Wake's going to be, you know, trying to rebuild. How's Duke going to handle Mike Elko being gone? Georgia Tech's a program that is a lot like Tech, right, on the rise. So they'll be around where Virginia Tech's going to be. I don't know what in the world Carolina's going to look like. NC State, they have quarterback issues or things they have to solve. Who knows what Mac Brown's team's going to look like? And Duke, I mean, Miami, I'm not even going to mention Miami because I learned my lesson. I'm done with Miami. Good luck with that, Miami. (laughs) Good luck. Just don't see that being the case. But, yeah, I mean, you can see a world where Tech could potentially be a fashionable number three pick, right? Bill went over. 86% of all of your uh, output – 95% of your offense personnel-wise. So 
You finished on a strong note. Your schedule is horrible in terms of it being – it's very weak. In other words, there's a lot of winnable games. And that might be the only thing that ends up hurting them long term is their schedule next year. And I know it looks great to avoid, you know, Louisville and NC State next year and all that, Florida State. But let's say Tech does have a special year and they're trying to position themselves. They're going to get punished a little bit because of their schedule. I mean, the non-conference is laughably easy. I mean, I'm sorry, but with Rutgers and Marshall coming to Blacksburg, you're going to ODU, you're going to Vanderbilt. I mean, that if that's not an easy 4-0, then nothing is going to be <laughs> easy for that team. So the wins should be bountiful next year. I mean, you can just look at the schedule and pick out 10 wins and, and feel pretty good about it next year. And that's just getting started. Really, the only thing now that you have to watch out for is injuries that might pile up during the spring, and that's really the only thing that's going to get in this team's way, at least heading into the season. Have to avoid any off-the-field altercations, things like that. All right, we're coming back, wrapping up hour number one. And you're welcome, by the way, again, for the definition of Tusk and what it meant. The top comedians of their time, right? Dan Aykroyd, who is a massive, massive music fan, came up with Jake and Elwood, two characters that were debuted during a spot in Saturday Night Live when he realized they didn't have a segment. So they said, okay, we can go out and do the Blues Brothers. They performed this song. And the rest is absolutely history. Who knew John Belushi was a natural blues singer? But he was. Now that is talent, right? I mean, the audience was sitting there thinking this is going to be some comedic sketch, and they're like, man, this is really kicking some major, major butt right here now. Then they toured together. Made the Blues Brothers movie with has a great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we lost Belushi. What was he, 33, 34? Because of drugs? Terrible. Just terrible. By the way, in contention for the worst idea and worst movie ever made was Blues Brothers 2000. Having John Goodman try to step in and in any way, shape, or form, recreate the role of John Belushi. It's kind of like when on the Dukes of Hazard. remember when Bo and Luke left the show and they brought in the Cousins? <laughs> I don't think it lasted very long, maybe a few episodes, but yeah. 
That's what Blues Brothers 2000 was like. Hour two, straight ahead. <laughs> this is...